Good morning! Good afternoon, Richmond, Virginia. How are you doing today? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on a Wednesday, August 23rd. Happy hump day, everybody. The Commanders snapped the Ravens' streak, and America is talking about the football team once again. I listened to about an hour of the Pat McAfee show yesterday just to hear him talk more positively about Sam Howell. That is a f***ing rocket. Yeah, it was a lot of that, dude. And they had Pac-Man Jones on the show, and he was like, I couldn't believe the arm strength of this guy, Sam Howell. Nobody did a true scouting report on Sam Howell. They were all blown away by his arm strength. It's the lead story on ESPN. Every sports radio show in the country is talking about the football team right now because of the energy and the excitement. And this isn't some Taylor Heineke cool story of an ODU football player who was on his sister's couch and now he has a legit shot in the NFL. No, this is a guy, Sam Howell, that was a high school stud, all right, recruited ever since his sophomore year in high school. Then he becomes a starter as a freshman in the ACC at UNC. Sophomore year, he's nearly a Heisman candidate. Junior year, loses all his weapons. He's told by his offensive coordinator, run often. And because of that, he slips and becomes a fifth-round draft pick. But that's not a fifth-round arm talent, all right? He's a fifth-round pick because of the way he slid in the draft. But we're talking about a legit quarterback with a legit arm talent, accuracy, running abilities, and my favorite part is that he's humble. He just wants to get better every single day. Howell was one of six players since 2000 at a Power 5 school to have 90, 90-plus 90 pass touchdowns and fewer than 25 interceptions in college. The other quarterbacks to do that? Trevor Lawrence, look at him now. Justin Herbert, look at him now. Baker Mayfield, just named the starter in the box, deserves some credit. Marcus Mariota and Matt Leinart. I mean, that's some pretty good company for Sam Howell to be in. Sean O'Hara is part of the NFL Network as an analyst and a Super Bowl champion, three-time Pro Bowler. He thinks that there's some quarterbacks that you play for and some quarterbacks you play with. He thinks the commanders want to play for Sam Howell. Yeah, I think that's a great point about feeding off a quarterback. Look, I feel like there's two types of quarterbacks. There's quarterbacks you play with, and there's quarterbacks you play for. And I feel like Sam Howell, the way he has commanded the offense, the way he steps into the huddle, and the way that he has played, he has that respect. And I think guys want to play for him. And I think that's one of the biggest things you see. The confidence was there. The composure was there. The poise. I felt like every time his back foot hit the ground, he was on a mission. He had a purpose. He, had, he was decisive. And I think those are all the things that came through. As you show those highlights right there, look, the accuracy is there. The arm strength was there. But he knew where he was going with the football. He was very decisive. And I think that's something that Ron Rivera has been looking for ever since he took that head coaching position. And now the partnership with Eric Bieniemy and just kind of, hey, listen, here's the progression. Here's how you're going to see the defense and how you're going to let the offense unfold. I think it's been, it's been huge for Sam. Now, look, the protection was excellent. And I think that's a big part of some of the success they had on those drives. But... Really, for, for the commanders, it's been, can we find the finally put the ball in the end zone? We, they, they've been settling for field goals far too many times, and that was such a big part of this seeing this offense function was when they got down in the red zone, they were able to produce touchdowns. So uh, I think that's a big part of it. Sam, a, a great first step for him. 
in, in being named the starter and now going out and performing, um, I think the best is yet to come for Sam. And just to kind of parlay on what you were saying with the quotes, when he showed up on the field, he came to slay. He came to slay, and he's tossing effing rockets that across is a the field. Rocket Missiles right are coming out of the arm of Sam Howell. And when I watch the replay again from that Ravens game, it really is just like O'Hara was saying there. When he hits the back foot, he gets rid of it. There were a few plays, you know, he took two sacks. He'll improve on that. He had a few plays where he rolled out and then threw it away. One play where he rolled out and then threw a dime downfield to Dotson. And, and, you know, he's just slowly improving. And the best thing about him is he has not had a bad game yet, right? He's just looked the part. He's looked like a starting quarterback. He's looked like a guy that if you could redraft two years ago, he would be drafted in the first round. He really does look the part, and America is talking about him. PFT commentator of Barstool put out a tweet yesterday, and of course he he is a homer. He's a Skins fan, a JMU grad, but he said, would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Sam Howell? 20,000 people voted. 66% voted for Sam Howell. Now, it's a joke. He's doing a bit here, but that's the excitement around the country right now for Sam Howell. No more is there Dan Snyder. No more is there a dark cloud hanging over Washington. This team has a chance to win this season because they have a good quarterback who's trying to get better and a stellar defense. And I tweeted this out after the game, and I want to make a point of it right now on my show. Zach, follow this, okay? Yeah. When we started talking about the Commander's season total, it was at 7.5. It dropped down to 6.5 after the draft. And I think that this was partially— This is not you. This is— This is Vegas. Okay. This is FanDuel. This is Betfred. Yeah. This is all the DraftKings, all those guys. Yeah. All right? And it went from 7.5 to 6.5 wins. I think it was because people wanted Washington to draft more offensive linemen and because the question mark that is Sam Howell. Now, you hear the commander's players say, he's not a question mark, he's our exclamation mark, right? Love that quote from Jahan Dotson. Commanders are 6.5 right now, over-under win total on most of these apps for gambling. I believe Sam Howell played so well in preseason that before the game against the Cardinals, all right, over the next few weeks, I believe that number will be bet up to 7.5 wins. All right, watch. We will track it on our show to see if my prediction comes true. Right now, I'm hot with predictions. I predicted 17 first-half points for the first-string offense. Got that. And I predicted a win to end the Ravens' preseason streak. And right now, I'm predicting that before September 10th, when Washington hosts the Arizona Cardinals, their win total will now be 7.5. So, if you like what I'm saying... Bet right now. You could sign up FanDuel promo code AWOD and take the over-under on the Commanders. Take the over on over six and a half wins. I mean, seven wins for this team that went eight, eight, and one last season? I mean, unless we have just a nightmare injury situation this season, right, where Terry McLaurin's out five weeks, and then all of a sudden Sam Howell goes down, you know, and then Brian Robinson goes down. Chase Young struggles to come back. If those kind of things happen, maybe we struggle this season, and there could be a scenario in which Ron Rivera gets fired midseason. I don't believe that's going to happen because Eric Bieniemy is so determined to be successful this season, I just believe this offense is going to be able to put – Seven more points on the board every single game than they did last season, in which they averaged 19 points per game. Get this team up to 26 points per game. The defense last year was only giving up 20 or 21 points per game. That's going to lead to a ton of victories. And when you look at the season schedule, if you can start hot and go 2-0, and 
Washington could have a lot of success this season. I mean, this is one of those years here where, and we've said it all the time here since Ron Rivera came over from Carolina. If he can start hot the way he closes seasons, this team should be a playoff team. And so you look, they've got this next preseason game coming up Saturday against the Bengals. That's the dress rehearsal. You won't see any of the starters. Then week one against the Cardinals, hopefully you'll have Terry McLaurin back in the lineup and Chase Young back in the lineup, and you can take care of business against an easy Cardinals team. Then it's the Broncos the second week, and they'll be working out the kinks of a new offense, right? In Denver, right? In Denver with Sean Payton. Now, that's going to be a tough game. It's cross-country. It's 425. Uh, but I believe we can win that game, and the Commanders can be 2-0 and before you face off against the Bills and the Eagles. That's a nightmare situation. If you are not 2-0, and if you are 1-1, one and one, you could be looking at 1-3 and three four games into the season. You're not afraid of the Eagles either after last season. No, you're not afraid of the the Eagles. Uh, Bills are falling apart. But that first Eagles game (laughs) is on the road at the link, and that's that's trouble. No, you're right about the Bills, though. I mean, they start their season against the Jets, and I have a feeling that if the Jets win that game, the Jets are going to win that division. I mean, is that crazy to say that week one could decide the division between those two teams? Look, I've told you from the start that I thought the Bills could be trending down this year. Defensive-minded head coach. Now you've got drama because Diggs wasn't on the cover of Madden. I mean, those those kinds of – we were talking off air about it yesterday. Those things matter when at the end of the game, after a big loss, divisional loss, rival, they're asking about the relationship of the players. And is this guy happy? Why didn't he get the ball here? They're not talking about the game. It's a distraction from week one. Yeah, and I think with the Bills, I think you look at their roster and you say, did they really solve their running problem? Now they have James Cook. Damian Harris, Latavius Murray. Is that really solving the running problem? I don't think so. It's going to be Josh Allen who's going to probably be their lead rusher again this season. That's what they did all last season. It was hugely frustrating, especially yep. in fantasy because they had a, a running back <laughs> for them. But they would get huge chunk yards in the, early in the game, and the running game was rolling. And then for whatever reason, they're up or you know they just abandon the run. Yep. It's crazy. So we're just a few weeks away from the start of the NFL season, and we're all fired up. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We'll talk commanders with Logan Paulson, former commander's tight end. Now you can hear him calling preseason games, went on NBC on the sidelines as a sideline reporter. We'll talk with Michael Phillips on the Richmond Commander at 1 p.m., and then, of course, Every Wednesday, it's a little Hokies Wednesday on the fan. Bill Roth will join us at 1.30 for the Cowan Gates Hokies update. And then Mike Barber to go around the ACC and talk Hokies at 2 p.m. on AWOD Radio. On Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So next Thursday night on WRVA, you can hear the first high school football broadcast of the year with Gary Hess alongside Coach Gary Criswell. We drive down Richmond Highway with the czar and the voice of high school football, Gary Hess, today at 2.15. I've got uh, a little Netflix planned at 145 and it's kind of funny. We've been talking a lot about Game of Thrones because my producer, Zach, is going through it now for the first time. I'm re-watching it for the fifth or sixth time. So, of course, <laughs> that'll be included in Netflix today. 
coming up at 145. But we've got the Richmond Commander every day at 1 p.m. Your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. Call in 833-804-0910. And we can talk a little Washington football team. But you guys know how I like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's not the sports wallet. Definitely not the sports phone. It's time for the sports app. All right, let's start in Major League Baseball. Every day here on the Sports app, we track the Washington Nationals, who got another win because the Yankees lose. Die, Yankees lose. Nine straight losses for the Yankees, who have lost nine straight for the first time in 40 years. Is Is that right with my math? Since 1982? That's Donnie Baseball's rookie year. Oh, my gosh. Since 1982, they extend their losing streak to nine now after a 2-1 to loss to the Nationals. Carter Keyboom made his way back into the Nationals lineup, and in the third inning on the second pitch he saw after returning from Tommy John's surgery that cost him all of last season, Keyboom goes yard. The left-hander's 1-0. Swing a long drive to left field for Keyboom. Back goes the left fielder Pereira to the wall. He leaps and it is gone. How about Carter Keyboom? First at bat in the big leagues in nearly two years, and it's a home run. <laughs> and the Nationals lead the Yankees one to nothing. What a name. Yeah, I know. He, I mean, my dad was fired up for Keyboom a few years ago, and he hasn't been good. Then he had that surgery. But to come back in the lineup and hammer a home run. I think it was awesome, great for his confidence, and good things coming for the young Nationals prospect. Speaking of young Nats prospects, our, not, our Nationals luster by Adolph Diamond Player of the Week has to be C.J. Abrams, who hit a go-ahead homer with two outs in the eighth inning as the Washington Nationals defeated the Yankees 2-1. to one. Third baseman shortens into the grass and a swing and a long drive to right. Down the line, hooking toward the corner. Will it stay fair? It hits the foul pole. It is gone. Goodbye. A home run for C.J. Abrams. I got to say, they have that home plate area mic'd up very well. Yeah, they do. The sound of that ball on the bat. Oh, they've got so they've got one of the best sports directors working for the Nationals. Yeah. Uh, when I was working at WJFK, we'd go visit them all the time. They just have a professional broadcast. Into the grass. Yeah, it sounds good. Abrams uh, snapped that 1-1 tie by hitting a first-pitch changeup and off the right foul pole. That's the coolest thing in baseball, when you hit a home run off the foul pole oh, yeah. and the crowd goes nuts. It's like so, bar down in hockey. Right? The Nats win 2-1 to one over the Yankees here in the first game of that three-game series. Martinez, Davey Martinez, the manager for the Nats, who did agree to a new two-year contract said after the game, that was a very good win here in Yankee Stadium. You don't often see a 2-1 victory here, but the boys played well, and they've been playing well recently. The Nats have won for the 13th time in 19 games and got their latest win, and you got to feel happy for Martinez, who earned that new two-year contract. Let's move over to college football here on the Sports app. You know, one of my favorite college football players of all time is in the news. Reggie Bush, former USC running back and New Orleans Saint, filed a defamation lawsuit against the NCAA earlier today. 
The lawsuit is based on the NCAA maliciously attacking his character through a completely false and highly offensive statement that was widely reported in the media and substantially and irreparably damaged his reputation. Bush will speak at a news conference later today at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. This all has to do with Bush's attempt to have his 2005 Heisman Trophy reinstated. And he absolutely should. I mean, look what's going on right now with Johnny Manziel, right? Johnny Manziel gets to keep his Heisman, but you're going to take it away from Reggie Bush? What was it, booster mess or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And even though Johnny Football never had oil money, it was all autographs, right? And now he's got a Netflix documentary that's making him millions of dollars. You know what? I'm pissed off at Netflix because now everyone's talking about Swamp Kings who had a murderer on their roster, a terrible person in Aaron Hernandez, and they're getting all the headlines. And you know what it is? It's hyping up the Florida Gators. And Johnny Manziel's hyping up Texas A&M. They don't deserve any credit. You know what they're? They're losers. Then I won't resubscribe. Yeah. Yeah, don't I'll subscribe. I'll just stay off. Out on Netflix now. Yeah, I'm Out not on Netflix. currently Netflixing. Yeah. I'm all back in on Hulu now. I'm Hulu Live all the way, dude. Oh, you are? Yeah. That's how I got HBO. Hulu has live sports. One of my kids. <laughs> that's why I got it, so I could watch the NHL. All right, let's, ESPN Plus. Let's move over to soccer here on the sports app. So the Women's World Cup is over. Spain was the champions, defeating England 1-0. And you thought, oh, AWOD's done talking about the U.S. women's national team. Not so fast. Lindsay Horan, who was the captain, came out in an interview with her former teammates, Tobin Heath and Kristen Press. Kristen Press is unbelievable. Tobin Heath is one of the most dynamic soccer players ever. They were both injured and missed out on the World Cup. Horan said, I could talk about the last four-year cycle, and we don't need to get into every single thing, but that's not what we did. We did not get the best out of every single individual. I don't think everyone was fully prepared to play in this World Cup, and that's on us as well. So more news coming out about the distractions, the coaching staff. Kind of on the team. Kind of on the players. I mean, if she's saying, I don't think everyone was prepared, that goes back to my theory that they were just happy to be there and to post on social media that they're at a World Cup. And you know what? They finished 16th out of 32. Who are we playing in the finals? Right. Yeah. That's what they were asking. nonsense. Yeah. Well, Netherlands didn't make it to the finals either, and they were talking smack. Any team that was talking smack didn't make it to the finals. Uh, Let's move over to basketball here on the sports app we don't talk a lot of wnba but i had to fit in this story as asia wilson ties a wnba record in the aces win the las vegas aces oh she went off for 53 points My 53 word. points that tied a single game scoring record on tuesday night coach becky hammond uh was describing her star asia wilson like a superhero she said she runs like a deer, jumps like a cat, and catches as if she was Spider-Man. She's just special. Her real <laughs> gift is in her humility and grace and how she handles herself and her teammates. She is a phenomenal superstar. 53 points. Just 11 days after she set a career high of 40 points. So how about that as the Aces won 112-100. to 100. Speaking of the NBA, James Harden was just fined $100,000 for refusing to play for the 76ers. Remember, we talked about it last week where he said, Daryl Morey is a liar. And then he said, I want to repeat for the people in the back, Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never play for him. Oh. So James Harden fined 100 k by the NBA. The, the league said in a statement, 
uh, perform services called for under his player contract unless traded to another team. Basically, hey, you got to start showing up, and you can't be calling the owner of your team a liar. <laughs> oh, my God. How about that one? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Still to come on the show today, NFL hits. Baker Mayfield named the starter of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Robert Sala says you can't coach scared, and that's why he's playing Aaron Rodgers in their third preseason game. But coming up next, we catch up with Logan Paulson, former tight end for the Commanders. Get his take on slinging Sammy Howell. AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. All Commanders games can be heard here at Odyssey Richmond. Download the app and search 910 The Fan, and you can hear AWOD Radio from Monday through Friday here from 12 to 3 p.m. The Odyssey app is the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and sports talk. And the best thing about it is it's free. It gives you the ability to rewind, pause the show, run some errands, and pick up right where you left off. So we'll be talking a lot of the commanders throughout the show today. Michael Phillips will join us from the... uh, He'll join us at 1 p.m. to talk a little commanders. And then I wanted to get into Sam Howell being the real deal. And, you know, I have a, a monologue here that I've prepared about why I think Sam Howell is the real deal. That is a f***ing rock. Yeah, and part right of it has to do with the way that he's been hyped around the country. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is a former tight end for the Commanders. It's Logan Paulson. What's going on, Logan? Not much, man. How you doing, bud? Doing good. So what were your thoughts on Sam Howell's performance in the first half against the Ravens? I mean, my thoughts were that I thought he did a really excellent job, and I think he's just been kind of continuing the high standard of play that he's shown in practice, that he's shown in the Cleveland game, that he showed in the joint practice. Like, he just seems to be progressing at a really nice level. And I think it's important to acknowledge, obviously, that, you know, that's not Baltimore's starting defense in some cases. And that's not even their, their, their second-string defense. They had a lot of threes in there, especially in the, in the defensive back room. But I really just liked his composure. I liked how he's delivering the football. I liked his chemistry with Jahan and Terry. Curtis had a catch, you know, Cole Turner, that first comeback that he caught was outstanding. So I just think he's progressing in a really nice way. Obviously, I think you need to clean up, you know, how he's kind of seeing the pressures. He's kind of, you know, I think he came out and said that he wants to try and make that home run play, uh, which is why he took the first sack of the game. And again, you got to get him out of that a little bit, but you're going to have some of those growing pains, pains with a young player. But I think overall, I don't think there's a whole lot to be critical of in terms of how he's played and how he's performed. And, you know, every test that he's been given, he just seems to ace. So, um, I, I'm super excited with what Sam's done. And I think, you know, as of right now, it seems like Ron and Ron's decision to go with him and kind of give him that starting nod or, you know, give him the opportunity for the starting uh, job, excuse me, um, seems to be kind of coming to fruition. And, you know, the fact that he's the starter now is awesome. And he's definitely earned that opportunity. So, Logan, can you break down what you saw on the Diami Brown touchdown? Because to me, it looked like how really fitted into a tight window. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're getting there from the defense, what I, or at least what I see, is, uh, is two man. So, you know, you get man underneath and you get cover two behind it. And they're basically running uh, three verticals to the field. So, you know, Jahan's running a vertical, Dax Mills running a vertical, and uh, Bates is kind of running across the field. So from the left to the right hash. 
if you're looking at it from the offensive perspective. And the idea there is that you'll get one of those guys winning a one-on-one matchup. Um, and the backside player who's Diami is running a corner to kind of pull that backside safety out. And I think, you know, obviously, Sam, like in a man-to-man situation, you're just going to say, like, which is your best matchup? Find it and throw it. And he selects Diami, which is a little surprising considering Jahan Dotson's on the field. But I think, you know, Diami on that play runs a corner. It's not the best corner route I've ever seen. Um, you know, Sam throws the ball before uh, Diami's even out of his break. And what I love about Diami on this play is that he fights through the contact of the corner to make that catch at the high point and really make this quarterback right. Because if you pause that play when Sam throws the football, there's no way you would say this is the right decision. There's other guys that are more open. But, you know, like that's the relationship that they had, you know, in college and they've built throughout training camp. And I don't think it's an accident that this has been Diami's most productive uh, training camp since I've been covering the team since he's been here. So I think it's great to see Diami make that kind of play for the quarterback. It's great to see Sam have that kind of confidence to make that throw. And cause that, that's big boy football right there. And so that, 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 was a, that was a very exciting play for sure. Great breakdown, Logan. Let's keep it going. How about you break down that pass to Cole Turner on third and long following the sack? I mean, really looked like Sam Howell worked from left to right and then found Turner as his last option. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, they're kind of running what I would call like a scissors concept. It's not a true scissors concept. So scissors is uh, the way I define it as a post by number one, a corner by number two, and a flat by number three. That's not exactly what they're running. They're running a dig by number one and a corner by number two, but it kind of plays out similar in terms of spacing. So uh, he, he does that. I think the, the hook player, the hook linebacker kind of falls under the dig. Um, you know, I was talking to Santana about it. Santana's like, man, I wish you would have thrown the corner to Jahan, but I kind of understand why he doesn't make that throw. Like you said, he's able to work through that progression, says I don't like it, and is able to get to a, a comeback, you know, which is a great route by Cole Turner, really fantastic route on a DB on a cornerback, you know, and it just shows you kind of Cole Turner's athletic ability, his physicality at the catch point. But, you know, that's a great job by Cole. That's a great job by Sam. But I think the offensive line deserves a ton of credit. They had to hold up for a very, very long time to get that done. And I think EB deserves some of the credit for how well that offensive line played. I love kind of how they set up the chips and set up the slides. And, and, and specifically on this play, you get, you know, Curtis Samuel chipping the defensive end to help uh, the left tackle out, Lucas, in this situation. You get the back, Gibson, going to the right to make sure that the right tackle um, is, is in a good position. So I think that, that, that philosophy, those guys won a lot of individual matchups, the offensive line, but also EB knew how to kind of maximize that group. And I just think that, um, you know, that, that's a really great play in terms of execution. Everybody did what they needed to do to get that done. And, and that's always fun to watch when you're when you're analyzing football. Yeah, I like Sam Howell's footwork on that play. It's Logan Paulson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. So watching the game, you know, I was trying to focus in on the offensive line, but of course I got caught watching, you know, the superstars, the wide receivers, the quarterback, and the running back. But afterwards, seeing some highlights, we may have really found a, a dog in Nick Gates. What was your takeaway yeah. on his performance? Um, I mean, uh, Nick Gates is one of my favorite guys to watch because he plays in a – in a more traditional manner for the position. And what I mean by that is like, you know, on the, on the Antonio Gibson touchdown, like there's a guy standing around the pile as Antonio's trying to get in and Gates kind of lifts the, lifts the waylay on him, you know, and that's like something that, you know, when I came in the league in 2010 was very, very common. It was kind of standard practice. And, you know, obviously that gets a, that draws a personal foul there, but I just like the mindset that he's executing that, that block with, you know, he's a physical, tough, gritty kind of guy. And I think having a guy like that in your offensive line room is always valuable, especially with a bunch of young guys, because they, 
they take on that mindset. And, and I think good offensive line play is about, you know, toughness and physicality, but it's also straining to finish plays and grinding and being kind of, um, you, you know, excited to, to physically impose your will on somebody. I think Nick Gates has those characteristics and I think he's, um, he's done a great job in training camp, done a great job in, uh, in the preseason games. And I think he's going to continue to play well. And he seems like he's a, a really quality addition to this offensive line room. You can follow my guest Logan Paulson on Instagram for some great NFL insight. That's at Logan underscore Paulson 82. Logan underscore Paulson 82. Uh, so, Logan, preseason game number three, am I correct? We will not see any of the 22 starters, offense or defense. Yeah, I mean, that would be my assumption, especially with Sam, you know, playing as well as he did. I think, you know, there was a, a big push, and, and rightfully so, to get him in in the second game. You know, even though there were some injuries along the offensive line, I think that was probably the right call. You know, get him out there, let him play a little bit. He's a new guy, needs a lot of experience. But, you know, after seeing that, I'm not sure that I need to see any more. Now, if EB says I want to see one or two more things, Maybe if I'm wrong, I say, okay, but, you know, I don't think anybody's going to say that. I think you're going to see, um, you know, pretty much exclusively, you know, the kind of the bottom half of the roster, the second half of the roster guys participating in that game. And I think that's fine. You know, like, I think that'll be a good opportunity for some of those guys to um, kind of complete their application process as guys who want to be part of the commanders in 2023. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, like, um, you know, I, this is one of the games I get the most excited to watch because I've played in this game a ton in my career. I think I played in nine of these over the course of my career. And I know how important it is to the guys playing. So I'm really excited to check it out. So the next time we see the starters on the field will be week one against the Arizona Cardinals. So Logan, give me three things that you learned from preseason. That I learned from preseason. Wow. I mean, so much, uh, so much to talk about. I mean, obviously you can talk about the kind of low hanging fruit and say, Sam Howell seems to be farther along in his development. I think Jahan Dotson is going to be, you know, a, a huge part, part of this offense, no doubt about that, but maybe the leading uh, uh, lead the team in receptions. I think that's very, very possible. Um, he's had an outstanding training camp uh, defensively. I think that front four is going to be one of the best groups in football. I'm not, you know, that's, that's not like insider news there, but, you know, seeing Chase Young, kind of being back to Chase Young, the Chase Young that he was his rookie year, I think is a dangerous combination for this group. Um, and, I, you know, I think, like, you know, if you're looking for some kind of deeper cuts, I think Ricky Stromberg's had an excellent training camp and is a guy that can play guard and center and is going to let you keep nine offensive linemen if you want to. And that allows you to kind of keep a seventh wide receiver, keep a fourth tight end, keep a fullback potentially, which, again, you know, kind of fleshes out what you want to do offensively. So, Lots of things to be gleaned from this offseason because, like, every single day is a new data point. Um, you know, Emmanuel Forbes appears to be the real deal. Like, yeah. that's another really exciting one that uh, I think a lot of people um, should, should be looking at and watching. Uh, you know, physical football player despite his size, and I think he's shown that. So, um, obviously, a ton of, ton of big storylines. I mean, we could literally talk about that for hours, man, so. Logan Polson can be followed on social media. Logan underscore Polson 82. Are you doing work as an agility training coach now? I am doing some work as a strength coach. Yes. I, that's like uh, my other gig that I do. I do, um, you know, obviously speed and acceleration development and then uh, some strength development too. And then I do football consulting and then I'm the OC at a high school. So, you know, kind of many hats, many things kind of all under that coaching uh, umbrella, you know? Yeah, and people can get in touch with you by hitting you up on Instagram, Logan underscore Polson82. Thanks so much, Absolutely. man. I appreciate it.
Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We're going to stick with D.C. sports here on AWOD Radio from the Commanders to the Washington Nationals, who got a win last night. Ryan Clary from Locked On Nationals joins us next. Sports Radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. we got the Richmond Commander coming up at 1 p.m. Michael Phillips will join us. Talk a little Commanders. That's at 1 p.m. Phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910. So if you're a Hokies fan, you know Wednesdays are for the Hokies on AWOD Radio as they begin their season in just a few weeks with the Old Dominion Monarchs coming to Blacksburg. We'll catch up with Bill Roth on the Cowan Gates Hokies update at 1.30, and then we'll talk some Hokies in the ACC with Mike Barber from the Richmond Times-Dispatch at 2 p.m., uh, but right now, I wanted to get into the NFL, do a little NFL hits here on AWOD Radio. Um, of course, the big story for me in the NFL yesterday was Jonathan Taylor demanding a trade, right? Jonathan Taylor asking out of the Indianapolis Colts. And the rumor that we heard was that the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins are trying to work on a trade package that would have them receive... Jonathan Taylor, and if you could imagine that offense, if Tua can stay healthy with Jalen Waddle on one side, Tyreek Hill on the other, and Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, wow. I mean, that division just seems to be getting better and better, and um, I really wonder what's going to happen there with Jonathan Taylor in the Annapolis Colts. And it's just, you know, it's so wild to me how much disrespect he's getting as one of the best running backs in the NFL since he got into the league. And he's been able to stay healthy for the most part. He's been able to be their workhorse back, back, not just a first down, second down guy, but a first, second, and third down guy. And so I just don't understand what Jim Irsay is thinking. He is, in my opinion now, the worst owner in professional sports. Now that Dan Snyder's not in the building, now that Dan Snyder's out of the picture, all eyes, in my opinion, are on Jim Irsay. And the fact that he's ran this Colts organization to the ground in the last two years, hiring Jeff Saturday, right? And then throwing to Jonathan Taylor under the bus and going out and saying, I'll spend $20 million to bring a whale across the country, but I'm not paying my running back. So that's the lead story here as we talk a little NFL on NFL Hits on every AWOD Radio. season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. All right, so every day here on AWOD Radio, we've been doing a season preview one team at a time. And so we've gone through the Houston Texans, 5-12. The Chicago Bears, I predicted 6-11. The Cardinals, 3-14. 
Colts 7 and 10. Broncos 9 and 8. Rams 8 and 9. The Vegas Raiders 6 and 11. The Titans 7 and 10. Didn't I didn't I do one more? You did the uh, the Falcons. I did the Falcons 7 and 10. I thought I had two teams above 500, no? I guess uh, Jets and Broncos. Oh, right? we did the Jets. That's yeah. Jets were They're moving right along. Jets were nine. And, it was ten and seven, or was it nine and eight with the Jets? You gave them nine and eight. Same yeah, that's as what Denver. I thought. All right, so today we're gonna break down the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Titans' issue is that, in my opinion, they still don't have a quarterback. Right? Will Levis just signed a monster deal with mayonnaise, and yet. He's third string on the roster. Will Levis appears to be second string, and Ryan Tannehill will once again start this season for the Tennessee Titans, who still have Derrick Henry as the running back option there for them. And I'm interested, Zach, what do you think of King Henry this season? Would you still draft him in fantasy in the first round? Or is he now too old for that? Well, I think because of what you said, they don't have a quarterback they're going to have to emphasize him in the run game. Yeah. You know, I would take him. I'm at five in my draft in my main league. I'm probably not going to go King Henry. I mean, if he's there, I might. I'm interested to see how Ryan Tannehill is able to connect with his wide receivers. They had DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, uh, Kyle Phillips, uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine's a speed receiver at tight end. Uh, they've got Chigozimit Okonkwo. And, of course, uh, I don't know much about him. <laughs> uh, offensive lines, strength, of course, of the Tennessee Titans. Peter Skronsky at, ta- at guard. Andre Dillard at tackle. Aaron Brewer in the middle with Darren Brunskill as the right guard. Defensively, that's really the heart of the defense there, led by uh, Mike Vrabel, the former linebacker for the New England Patriots. And, look, you look at their defense, and... Harold Landry III sticks out to me. Uh, Arden Key. Sean Murphy Bunting is one of their best players. And then, of course, Christian Fulton and Amani Hooker, who I really like at safety. But the problem with this Titans team is, you know, I kind of think that they were at their peak three years ago. You know, that they're probably on the downward trend here. And I wonder if Rabel could end up on the hot seat. They do start their season at New Orleans. That's going to be an interesting test there because I kind of think Derek Carr has looked good in preseason. He might be able to throw all over the place, and they might end up being a shootout, which doesn't lead to success for the Titans who want to run and pound the rock. Yeah, I mean, great leaders on that team. Vrabel, Tannehill, more than adequate as a quarterback. Yeah, Smart, uh, can throw the ball, and they had the play-action game, right? We'll see if Hopkins so is happy in this situation. Yeah. Oh, right? that's right. They got Hopkins. Yeah. Well, they finished last season on a seven-game L. Yeah. And they were seven and ten last year. That's not a winnable division. And this I went year to see a Titans game last year. Yeah. And my thoughts were they are great defensively. They just struggle to put points on the board. And I think it's gonna be the same issue this season. And look, it's not like they're in a crazy division, right? I mean, that's the good thing that they've got going for them. Uh Jacksonville's gonna be a tough test two times. The Colts they probably should be able to beat the Colts twice this year. The Texans should be able to beat the Texans at least once this yeah. year. Maybe C.J. Stroud surprises some people. Jacksonville's in their way. Jacksonville's in their way. But they don't face off against the Jacksonville Jaguars until week 11. And then they close their season with Jacksonville week 18 
Um, you got a couple opportunities to go on a win streak late in the season, starting week 13 at home against Indianapolis. You go to Miami, that's a loss. Then at home against Houston, at home against Seattle, on the road against Houston, then home against Jacksonville. I think they could end the season on a bit of a win streak, unlike last season, but I just think they're going to struggle to come to get out of the gates here with New Orleans, Los Angeles, Cleveland, and Cincinnati back-to-back. I'm going to go on record and predict the Tennessee Titans to finish 6-11 this season. 6-11 for year. the Titans. Let's move over to the Cleveland Browns. As we need to catch up. We've fallen, fallen behind here on our season previews, so I think we need to do two today. So looking over to, at the Cleveland Browns, and I, I will say I have high hopes and expectations for Cleveland and that entire NF, AFC North. Right? Like, I'm in on Kenny Pickett and the Steelers this year. Mike Tomlin never finishes below 500. Everybody's in on Joe Burrow and the Bengals, as long as he can be healthy. I told you I love Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to possibly represent the AFC. So, you look at this Cleveland Browns team here, and on paper, very solid offensively. Watson, Chubb, Cooper, Elijah Moore. Uh, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku at tight end. Um, Really some solid players on offense. And then on defense, might be even better. They bring Zedaria Smith over from Green Bay. Miles Garrett still on the roster. Um, Jeremiah Ogwusu-Kamora is one of the best linebackers in the league. Denzel Ward is their starting corner. Juan Thornhill comes over from Kansas City. He'll be their starting free safety and look, I'm a Deshaun Watson fan of what he does on the football field. All right. I think he's a very talented athlete. He's got some issues, but I think he's going to have a good season for Cleveland this year. And I'm going to go on record. Look, Cleveland Browns are the only team right now that tied in preseason. I'm going to say they're going to tie in the regular season. Mm. Eight, eight, and one is my official prediction for the Cleveland Browns. And that will not be enough. In that division, the AFC North. No. I mean, that's a dogfight. You got to think with the Bengals and the Ravens. Can't sleep on the Steelers. They're always going to be sound. Great game plan. Browns were 7-10 and 10 last year, and that was the basement. Yeah, but look, you can build off of a 7-10 and 10 season. 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. I mean, look, Deshaun Watson needs to be on the field for the entire season, right? He was rusty, of course, because he sat out eight games last year. This year, if he's healthy for 17 weeks, I think they finish at least 500. Who are they tying? Oh, you want me to look on the schedule and predict a tie? (laughs) You know what? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to predict a tie against, let's go, week 10 against the Baltimore Ravens. In division. Yeah. I mean, because the commanders tied in division against the Giants, right? So Browns finish 8-8-1 after tying the Ravens. In week 10, I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 1051 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833 804 0910. We talk skins on the Richmond Commander coming up next.